Okay, we're halfway through the page of Nur Aleph. Hmm? We still gotta tap it. Let's see. I assume so. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, got I didn't. 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 The Ardainsem Nimsa Bamakam Halal that our Ainsef is found in the place of the Halal, meaning the place of Tsimsum Laakar Tsimsum Kamekadama Tsimsum. Similar to the intellect of the Mashpia. The intellect of the Mashpia undergoes no true Tsimsum. Relative to the student, there's a certain state of Tsimsum to the extent that the that the teacher has to be Mitsam same the idea in order to <laughs> allow that idea to be revealed to the student. But even the student experiences gilui. And we know that relative to the teacher, there's certainly no tzimtzum. The teacher is, is, is thinking of the idea itself as he's transmitting that idea. That's the first level. The second level, by the student, there's revelation. The third level is that when the teacher is revealing his idea, he's ultimately revealing the whole idea. The raya is that the rabbi brings that after 40 years, the student understands the full depth of the idea. So to above. Did Lagavi Kodesh Baruch obviously there's no tzimtzum. So when Kaddish Baruch looks at the world, what does he see? He sees himself. The light of a Kaddish Baruch is found in the halal, in, so to speak, the space where creation happens, where reality happens, created reality. After Tzimtzum, just as it was before Tzimtzum. Kamosh Kosov. As the Kodesh Baruch says, it's a Shemayim V'Saretz Animole. I fill up Shemayim V'Aretz. I, even though there's an, an, an existence of Shemayim V'Aretz, in no way, shape, or form does that existence contradict the existence of a Kodesh Baruch Because he says, Animole, I fill it up. Meloi Chalaretz the fullness of the world is his covet. Uksiv, Hayisater Ish B'Mestarim. Can a person hide in a hiding place Vanila Renu, and I won't see him. No Umashem says a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Right, this is a very famous pasuk. The Baal Shem Tov explains it in a in a in a very important way that it's impossible to read the pasuk without mentioning the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov says a person hides, meaning a person involves himself in all of the deepest hidden wisdoms of the Torah. Right, Imamish does a Veda, he's so he's so into it and he learns and he davens and he does everything he's supposed to do. He's a very, very, very serious person. Mamish. Vani, but he's still in a knee. There's still a lot of a knee there. Layerenu. He won't see me. He won't experience Alokus. But Isata Ishba Mistarim, a person involves himself in serious Aveda. By learning Nigla, learning Panimi Satara, and Davening, and doing all those things necessary to be an El Chayid, Vani Loi, and Ani is not, meaning he's reached a certain state of Bittl where he realizes that his life is not about himself, it's about something bigger than himself, Erenu. That person I'll see. That person will see me and I'll see him. Karish Baruch says. 
But in this context, the Rebbe is bringing it simply as a, as a raya for the fact that the Ebishter is everywhere. What, they're going to hide from the Ebishter? Simsim Kapshute, there's really a place devoid of God, so that in that place devoid of God, there can be an existence of something other than God called creation? Mapito. That's the basic idea called Simsim Kapshute. That when we talk about Simsim, we talk about it in a simple way, and that is today's Tanya. It's exactly what the Rebbe dismisses in today's Tanya. Right. Their eyes are unable to see right. the people who explain the tzimtzum of the Rizal as simply in, in, in physical terms. After all of the concealments, the light of a Kodesh Baruch is still found in every place. There is no place devoid of him at all. Right. The whole world is full of his glory, and the deeper Pshad is the fullness of the world is his glory. Because it doesn't say Malay Kololam. The whole world is full. It says, Maloi, the fullness of the world is his glory. Mm-hmm. Meaning the world's him. Like we said before, the, the notion of Teva hiding a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's a Kaddish Baruch Hu, hiding a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's an aspect of a Kaddish Baruch Hu himself. What's that? Elohim. The notion of Simsum. But what's Simsum? Simsum is the Abishter hiding himself. It's not something else hiding the Abishter. Like the hands hiding the face. Like a person's intellect processing his own intellect in order to allow that intellect to be revealed to someone else. Who's doing that? The person himself. It's also an expression of his intellect. It's much him as anything else. And as it says, If I were to go up to Shemayim, There you are. And if I would go down into the depths, There you are. The Gamba Sha'ol, even in the depths, like Gehenim. The Eretz Tsiya Vitzalmavis, lands desolate in the valley of death, in the shadow of death. Salmavis. The shadow of death. I mean, the lowest places imaginable. But Bekinis Tachli Sahelim Vahester. Places of absolute, complete, and total concealment. Gam sham The Ebishter is there as much as anywhere else. Aye, why is it that people were drawn to the notion of Simsum Kipshutai? They said, how could it possibly be that a Kurdish Baruch could be in a place of Tuma? Good question. The Rebbe even allows for that to be a good question in a Sikha when the Rebbe is. Is Dan Lechavschus, the people that the Balatanya talks about today as people who can't see. I don't see things clearly. Right? How could you possibly say that the Abishter is in, a, in, in the lowest place on earth? So in terms of the cover of the Kaddish Baruch it's definitely easier to say. There's a place devoid of him, but if the place is devoid of him, then it has no existence. Right? Aye, so that place has no existence on a, on a certain level, that's true. Right? Because it's a place completely disconnected from Elokus in a revealed way. But ultimately it's there. If you bump into it, you get a bruise. It's there. So then what do you say about that place? So the image is there as much as anywhere else. 
Aye, so then we, I guess, that makes us double care. I mean, well, how did that place come into existence? Those places only come into existence because human beings make them. The Ibishu didn't make places like that. The Ibishu didn't make a discotheque. Humans make discotheques. The Ibishu just made a piece of ground there. There was a piece of ground, and humans turned it into the lowest place imaginable. Okay, what are you going to do? So human beings have schlepped the Kaddish Baruch Hu into the lowest place imaginable. That's what human beings do. Human beings can also connect to a Kaddish Baruch in the most amazing way imaginable. Human beings can also create those lowest places. Place of Aved Zara. Why is a place of Aved Zara a place of Aved Zara? Because some stupid human served the Aved Zara there. Why, the Abishter made it a place of Aved Zara? <laughs> it wasn't that way. We made it that way. Okay. So all those, the lowest places are places that we, we so to speak, created. So we schlep the Abister to those places. That's the, one of the meditations that the <laughs> one of the meditations that the that the Alter Rebbe that the Alter Rebbe talks about the third level of, of 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 meditation in terms of how to come to love Chesed Gvura Rachmim having Rachmanus on the Abister. Right? You're walking around with the Abister all day. You want to schlep him into the lowest places in the world. You take the Yevishter into the toilet bowl. <coughs> so we have Rachmanus on, on, on our Neshama. Don't want to take our Neshama to such a place. Our Neshama is a godly thing. And it's the mm. third, 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 he's Beninus, meditation in, in Tanya, third different level of understanding, different ways of coming to Avenir. Rachmanus on the Yevishter, Rachmanus on our Neshama. So the lowest place is also there. For Kola Elim and all of the concealment who rak lagavir nivroim, and if there is concealment, it's only relative to us. Meaning we don't see the full force of godly reality. But interesting enough, what do we see? Reality, existence. What's existence? Him. I. Just like the student, the student experiences an idea. The student's quite blown away by the idea. Aye, it's not the full extent of the intellect of the teacher. That's true, but the student experiences a certain state of revelation. But in order for the student to experience that revelation, there has to be a lot of tzimtzum. So the tzimtzum is only the gavir the nivroim. She'einim roim agilu yarein seif baruchu. They don't see the revelation of arein seif. Aval legabe yarein seif baruchu, but relative to the Ebishter himself, David looks at the world and can't find himself. He looks at the world and he sees an extension of himself. And in truth, now the Rebbe is coming to the second level. That was the first level. That by the Mashpia, there's no Helem. By Orensev, there's no Helem. Now the second level. By the student, there's no Helem. By the student, there's, I mean, there's Helem. But the student, the Iker experience, the essential experience of the student is Gilui. <laughs> wow, what an idea. Right? You know how, I mean, I, I, we, of course we don't know. None of us know. But imagine how much of his seichel, the Rebbe Shab, is concealing in order to teach this to us. Right? And we're going, wow, at every turn. Right? Okay. My children are getting excited talking to each other. Okay. So by us, what is it? It's also Gilui. For MS and the truth is, Hine Bemes Ainza Hester Miti Lagavir Nivroim Gamkein. 
It's not true, Hester, relative to the Nivroim, and ultimately these two ideas are dependent one upon the other. Because if there were true Hester by the Mashpia, then there would be true Hester by the, by the, by the student. Right? Because the student would be experiencing Hester because that's what's happening in the realm of the Mashpia. But in the realm of the Mashpia, there's not really Hester. It's really all about Gilu. Right? So to the student experiences Gilui, only a certain level of Gilui relative to the Gilui that exists in the Seichel of the Mashpia, but he still experiences Gilui. Vaha, Baha, Talia, and these two are, are dependent. Sheim hayehester legabe mashpia. If there were true concealment by the mashpia, hayehester legabe makabel gamke. If this, if the teacher were to truly hide this idea and teach another idea, so then the student, relative to the first idea, would experience, experience complete and total helam and hester. He wouldn't, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't have any relationship with the first idea. Right? I want to teach you an idea about chesidus, but I can't. So I'll teach you two plus two is four. Okay. Well, then, Complete and total hellum relative to the to, relative to the original idea, right? And two plus two is four is not so much of gilui for you guys. I think you figure that one out. Hi, Hester Lagavim Mekabel Gamke. Umeyachar and since she'ena Hester Lagavim Mishpia, since there isn't Hester Lagavim Mishpia, meaning. The Mashpi is truly revealing an idea and ultimately the idea to the student. So there's also an Hester Lagabi the Makabal. Rock, what's the difference? Like we saw earlier, the difference between the Mashpiya who comes from above below, takes the idea in its original form and draws it down to what we'll call a simpler form. And the, the, the Makabal, who starts with the simpler form, but ultimately works up to the much more sophisticated idea. But ultimately, it's all there. Kim Adaraba, the opposite is true. Maybe, what is the, what is the, what, what, what is the Mashpia doing, and in relative to the Ebishter? What is the Ebishter doing? Maybe you Megala Esaor, the Ebishter is drawing down the light in a lower place. What, what's creation, Legabir Kodesh Baruch? As we talked about yesterday, so to speak, an expansion of his horizons, <coughs> allowing existence to be expressed even in a place of finitude, up there in Atzmus. So that all exists only in a state of potential. Could existence express itself in finitude? Yes. Why? Because there's a kayach gvul in Atzmus. There's a power of limitation in Atzmus. Right? Could existence express itself in infinite terms? Yes. Because that's what Atmos is. Okay, fine. But as long as that's all there is, so those two states of reality are, are interestingly enough, uh, 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 in a certain level, completely concealed, completely hidden. Which is sort of funny. In Atmos, there's concealment. But what does that mean? Meaning they, they haven't come into a state of revelation to the other, so to speak. Okay. So the Abishter, for whatever reason, at a taiva that, that, that he should be revealed. What does that mean? That, that these two levels of reality should be revealed to the other. So there has to be an experience of the other. And the, but the experience of the other is, is, is already a contradiction to a true experience of him. Because if there's another, then it's not him. So how in the world do you do that? Well, if you're the Abishter, you can pull that off. It's called creation. And what's creation? Creation is the Abishter himself revealing himself in a place that... That mitzad that place in terms of that place, that place is completely contradictory to godly reality, and yet it's all him. 
It's a rather incredible expansion of horizons. Because I want to be revealed there. Why? Who knows? But it's the ultimate act of revelation that even there, even in that which appears to be completely contradictory to his existence, ultimately that itself is all him. That's Elamad. Vayinyan, dihine mishema vayatzmei. Now the Rebbe is going to explain something that we know already. He's going to explain it to us again. Vayinyan, mishema vayatzmei, from shema itself, meaning from the infinite light. Loi haya efshar liyo sisavu seilamas. It's not, a, it's not possible that there could be a bringing into being of worlds. Why? Because, because Shema Vaya is infinite. And infinite can't be the source of finite. Two completely different states of reality. And what Shema Elokim? Shema Elokim is a Kaddish Baruch imposing finitude on the infinite light of Shema Vaya. Nimshach umizgala or the Shemavaya. It's drawn down and revealed the light of Shemavaya ba'elamis in the worlds, lavesum to bring them into being and to give them vitality. There was a Kaddish Baruch We talked about this before. Kaddish Baruch is giving you and I a lesson in in in, in existence. That lesson couldn't come straight, so to speak, from Shemavaya, because you and I wouldn't be in existence in order to appreciate that lesson. So there has to, we have to be in existence. I, our existence itself seems to be in direct conflict with the existence of Shemavaya. Okay, that's true. But there's another aspect of if if if, if all the Abishter were, so to speak, is Shemavaya, then then Taka creation would be a pretty difficult <laughs> trick. Right. But the Ebsh is not only Shemavaya, there's also a power in Elokus called Gvul, Gvura, the ability of a Kodesh Baruch Hu to limit the expression of infinite reality so that it can express itself infinite. That's called Gvura. We talked about it. Condensing the elephant so the elephant fits into the head of the needle. It's all there, the elephant. The Ebsh condensed him, just kept pushing. Put him in there. That's Shema Lakim. Shema Lakim is that Gvura allowing for Shema Vaya to express itself in Gvul. Ay, Shema Vaya itself is Bilti Gvul. It's beyond limitation. That, that's true. Right? What Shema Vaya? Shema Vaya is a Kurdish Borhu's ability to take that light and allow that light to be clothed in a Kli that will express the light in a unique and differentiated way from any other expression of light. Elokim, it's creation. Breishis bara, Elokim. He's not hiding anything. It's the Abishta. Just like the Mashpia, he isn't hiding anything. He's teaching. He's not hiding anything, he's revealing things. But in order to reveal, there has to be a certain Simpson. Okay. Koyacha gvul in Seichel. The Marshal is so incredibly clear. So the Nimshal becomes clear. What Shem Elokim? Shem Elokim is a Kaddish Baruch Hu processing infinite reality so that it can express itself in a finite way. 
to put it in our terms so that you and I can experience existence. This true source of existence, in meaning in terms of created existence, is, is infinite godly light. But I can't experience infinite godly light. Not as me. Sebastian wants me. Oh, okay, so then that, that infinite godly light has to express itself in a finite form so that I can learn the lesson. I can be in class and understand what God's trying to teach. What's he trying to teach? Existence. What does existence feel like? Boker Tov. The alarm went. It's me again. Here I am. I exist. Well, I am very, very, very powerfully aware of the limitations of all that. Okay. And me makes a lot of noise in there. Okay. But if we do our job properly and when we zbane in and what it really is and what it's really all about, etc., etc., so then we can come to serious conclusions and experience it all in a different way. Right? The bringing into being Shemavaya is the source of being That's what the word means Yudke Vavke, now that, now, I mean, Yudke Vavke, the way we usually understand it simply is a state of Haya Hoivaviya, a state beyond time. Right? Okay, so that's true. And that, on a certain level, is even beyond the Kaddish Baruch Hu's creator. Okay? That's completely transcendent. Yes. But there's also Yudke Vavke as that which is constantly Mihave. Yud, and then Kevavke. What's Kevavke? To be mehaveh, to bring into being. And what's the yud? So, so the, we're gonna, you're going to see it in, in Shaykh of Emunah very soon, in, in, in the daily Tanya. The Alter Rebbe explains that the yud of yud kevavke is mm-hmm. constant. Not that, it's, not that it's, it's something that will happen. Usually yud is future tense. Yud can also be something that is happening and will continue to happen. The, the pasuk that the Alter Rebbe brings is kacha yase iyev. Thus iyev does constantly. Rashi says, not that he will do something. He does always does it. Iyev gets up in the morning at six and goes for a run. Okay, kacha yase iyev. That's what iyev does all the time. He does it and will continue to do it. So what's the Kaddish Baruch Hu doing all the time? He's being mehave the world. He's bringing the world into existence. Every day, the Ebishter is, is renewing creation. Every day, every moment, every macro moment, every macro macro moment. It's a good thing you blink, because if you didn't blink, then you'd see the world go out of existence and come back in, and it would be very scary. So you blink and you don't see it. It's even scarier when you're on a plane. See the plane go out of existence and come back into existence. Daris havus umi shemavaya. Really, shemavaya is the source of existence, created existence. It's the source of it. Hagam, that even though that even though it says 
Breshis bar Elokim, it doesn't say Breshis bar Havaya. It says Breshis bar Elokim. So how can I say that Havaya is the source of being? Elokim seems to be the source of being. Hainu, what does that mean? Shinis Havaya Yedei Shem Elokim. That the or of Havaya is brought into being Al Yedei Shem Elokim. Aval Guf Ve'etzem is Havus. But the ultimate essential bringing into being whom is so the source of it all is Shem Havaya. Elohim is that which allows Shem Havaya to express itself in Gvu. But the source of it all is the Ur that built the Gvu, Ur Ainsuf. and that the other way I was going to say, the Havayu Loshin Mehave, to bring into being. The source of being is Shem Yudkei Vavke. That's that's what the word means. The that which constantly is bringing into being. Ukenal the cold Paula, like we said earlier. Every action ubis galus apayeldavke is through revealing the actor, the one who causes this action to happen. It's a revelation of their kayach in the action itself. Vahainu Shem Havaya. What what's being revealed in in creation? Shem Avaya, Shubachin is Gilui. It's all about revelation. Vezeshikosov, and this is why it says Havaya Melech Havaya Melech Havaya Yimloich, which is very very interesting because the nature of Shem Avaya is that it's beyond time, and yet we say Havaya Melech Havaya Melech Havaya Yimloich. We push Havaya into time. Interesting enough. What's Malchus? Elokim. Malchus is that which allows Shem Havaya to be expressed in time and space. Differentiation. Malchus. I mean, really, the, the Pasuk, it's Hoive Avar Asid, right? But I mean, obviously, past, present, future is the easiest way of saying it. Malach, Melech, Yimloich, those three states of reality. Shubachin is Hischalkus Azman, which is all about differentiation in time. Mitzad Shem, that's all Shemitzad Shem Elokim. Because that's what Shem Elokim is. We said earlier in the Maimur, one of the first things the Rabbi taught us is what Shem Elokim is the source of Gvul, Elokim, Loshan Rabim. The name itself indicates multi- multiplicity. Wild. Okay. Akarish Baruch in his Chalkus. Right? And all of that is Mitzadi Shem Elokim. Mikomakim. What do we say? Havaya Melechu Malachim. It's all Havaya. It's not Elokim Melech Malachim. It's all Shem Havaya. It's all the Abishta himself. Like Elokim is also the Abishta. But it's all the infinite expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That infinite expression is being expressed in finite. But, but it's still, it can't maintain in a revealed state its infinite character. Obviously. Why not? Then I can't experience finite. So the infinite aspect of it has to be concealed. It's not done away with, it's just concealed. Like Rabbi Cohen concealing his intellect to the student. Right? He's revealing. He's revealing it in Gvul. And what he's concealing is a lot more stuff.
It's Havaya, Melech Melech Yimrech. Da'akol humishem Havaya, al yedei shem Elokim. Shem Elokim is that, is the prism through which the light of Havaya shines. And when you shine a light through a prism, what happens? So the light is differentiated into pieces. What does that mean? There's 20 pieces of light. Let me tell it's all one light. It's just now you see it on the table as all these different boxes of colors. Prisms are pretty cool that way, right? They're really amazing. Okay, right? Oil and water is the muscle that Chazal always used, right? Because I guess they didn't have prisms around it, right? When the, when the when, if there's oil on top of the water, so what happens? So you see the rainbow of colors in the oil. Right? And the sun shines on the on the water. We once had a miracle outside of our yeshiva. The, the first Gilgul of Mayanot was a place called Teres Chaim, and it was in a neighborhood. It's the Chabad Shul. It's still the Chabad Shul of of Hainov. That that was our zal. So. Uh, Right next to us, for a certain period of time, until they were asked to move for environmental reasons, was a uh, was a gas company. You know, with the big trucks that go deliver gas to everywhere. Right? So, and there's a big empty space in front in front of the shul, behind the shul, you know, really sort of in front of the shul, even though the doors are on the other side. It's a big empty space. Now they turned it into a into a parking lot for uh, teachers who go to a school there. But it was all it was always just a big, huge, empty space. And they used to drive in there and dump the excess oil in the corner. Right. So it, it, it was a problem. I mean, we, we finally, you know, the, the people in the area got, got them to move because it, it was, it, I mean, it also started to smell. It, it had the smell of oil, gasoline. So, uh, so, so how did, how did it, ah, so it was the winter, right? So it's the Bachman who did it. It's the winter, so, so the, it was raining, but the, there, was, there were these, always these, these slick oil slicks on top of the water. So the Bachrim decided they were going to go do miracles, and they wanted to see if they could set the water on fire. And, and they, they did. They managed to set the water on fire. There was so much oil in the, you know, on top of the water that they managed to set the puddle on fire. So they, we, all got, we all went out and we watched the miracle. Look, God is making miracles. The water is burning. They, they set it on fire. And that's how much oil had seeped into the, uh, that little place over there. Now in America, so if a gas station is turned into a public area, what do they do for a couple of years? Crazy remediation. Yeah, they just they just let it sit. Usually they turn it. I mean, what they do where I grew up, I see they're all over. There's no gas stations in town anymore because it's not worth it. <laughs> they can sell the apartments for millions, so they just build apartments. If you want gas, you have to drive about 20 miles out of town. So, so they, they, there was a gas station right near our house, and that it's, it's right across the street from Chabad House. I said, Mama, across the street from the Chabad Shul, and uh, and it's it became, they turned it into a, a public garden that anybody who wants can go plant there, and you plant, and that helps suck all the guck out of the ground. It takes who knows how long for the ground to be safe so that they could then dig it up and put an apartment building there as opposed to people living in industrial waste. So it takes some, you know, X amount of time. I mean, you know, who knows whether it really takes that, less, more. I mean, but they've established some sort of time before they can, they're allowed to build the building there. Okay, well, we had the, we had open miracles with water burning. Okay. But when you when you when you shine the light off oil, what happens? It's a prism. Shows all the color in the light. What happened? It's now all of a sudden the light hit the oil and it became ten pieces of light. It's one piece of light. 
The light shines through the prism. It's now ten pieces of light, same piece of light. What's the prism? The prism is Shem which allows the, the one light to express itself in various ways. It's Now, the, the, the prism is not light. Right? Okay. So there's, you know, in that sense, the, the, the muscle breaks down. Right? That's why the muscle of the seichel that the Rebbe uses is so much better, right? But, but, but the prism helps us see it in Bamuchash. But the prism isn't the light. It's something completely different affecting the light. Shem Elohim is the Abishter. It's the Abishter affecting the Abishter. It's not something outside of him affecting him. It's him. Just like the seichel of the Mashbiya affects the seichel of the Mashbiya. The power of, lim- of, of expression and the power of limitation in the seichel of the Mashbiya. And that which Shem Havaya, existence, is Nimshach Umeir, is drawn down and illuminates in every world, in every creation, to bring it into being and to give it vitality. What is that? Shem Havaya. And that's the vitality that every creation is margish. He feels that he's alive. What are you feeling? When you feel your own chayas, what are you feeling? That's a gilu yishem Because that's what it is. What, what, is that, what is that experience of existence? Havaya. That's what it is. Shachayas shebei hua or the shem havaya. So the antelope can also experience that. He just can't experience it in a sophisticated way like a human because a human can experience it and actually bring about incredible changes in him or herself based on that experience, based on an understanding of that experience. The antelope is stuck being an antelope. He does, he, yeah, be beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, graceful, quiet. Right? They, don't, they don't make noise. Right? Deer. Well, the whole deer family has no noises. I don't know, moose make noises? I don't know. Do moose make noises? I'm not sure. Yeah. Right, they make a noise, a moose? Because deer don't make noises. They don't make anything. They're quiet. Right? The shaliach in, in Alaska has a wonderful story that he, when he first got there, he started the first thing he did, he opened up a Sunday school for kids. And uh, it was at 11 o'clock or whatever. And, uh, and uh, the people used to come. But they'd drop their kids off at 5 to 11 and come get them at 1 o'clock. And this was the way to meet the parents, meet the kids. And it was his first pool. Often that's the first thing people do when they go to a town. So he's in, he's in Anchorage. So so one Sunday he's in his house waiting for the kids to come, and no one's coming. It's just like five after eleven, ten after eleven. He says like you know, it's like it's a holiday. It's something I don't know about. Why is no one here today? So he looks, he opens the drapes, and he looks. He sees all the cars parked in front of his house, but no one's coming in. But they, no one waits for him to invite them, so he can't figure out exactly what's going on. So. Look, I'm not, I'll wait a couple of minutes. He waits a couple of minutes. Finally, he decides he's going to go out and just tell them, you know what, come in. So he opens his front door. There's a moose on his front porch. <laughs> now, a moose, a moose is an enormous animal, right? It's yeah, the size of a cow with legs of a horse, right? It's as tall as a horse. Antlers. And, and yeah, big antlers, but the, 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 it's, it's an enormous beast, right? And it's just standing there. Now, they're not particularly nasty if you don't get in their way, right? I mean, he's not looking to kill you. It's like some shark wants to eat you just because, you know, he's not Bruce. But, but, just standing there. 
So he realized until the moose goes, there's no class. So evidently the moose hung around for a while, and then he walked away, and everybody came into class. But that was his one of his first experiences on shlichus in in, in Alaska. Right? A moose. Okay. So what what is the moose experience? Existence. Okay. Does he can he be misbeinen in what that is? No. He just is. And, and for you and I, he's really, you know, you get, wow, like, look at this thing. Look at the extra, look what he created. Look at this thing. Unbelievable. Okay, fine. But when we experience our own existence, what are we experiencing? The fact that we're margish, that we're high. Right now, as we're sitting here, we're margish, our own highest. We can turn that into absolute self-absorbing, excuse my language, self-absorbing pus. It's just a sore, and it just leaks pus all day long. Yeshus, it's just beyond belief, the, the self-absorption that a person can get into. Okay, but what is that? Paplemius, what is that? He's Margish, his own being. What is that really? Shame of Because that's what everything is. It's all shame of It's all the deepest expression of the seichel of the mashpia. That's what's in what the makabal is hearing. So what's the makabal hearing? What's he experiencing when the mashpia is the abishtan? What's his mashpia to you and me? What does he give you and I? Existence. What are we margish? Shame of ayah. Shachayu shebei. Hu ha'or the shame of ayah. Shenim shach. That's drawn down. All yadei shame elokim. Now the Rebbe goes back to the Nimshal to make sure we get it. And just like the Mashpi and the Makabal Hanal, the light of the Seichel Miskabal, Misyashib Makabal that's received and settled in the Makabal, in the student. Even though it's after a certain constriction and concealment of Atzmus Ur HaMashpiyah, of the essential light of the Mashpiyah, right? We know that. And after it's also been clothed in certain masholim, mikomakim. Nevertheless, how they or seichel amashpia page nun base or seichel amashpia the light of the intellect of the mashpia meir misyashe b'seichel shines and is settled in it. We know that. We know that in the in the in the mashul. Kamechen back to the Nimshal. Kamechen similarly or v'chayes should be called nivra, the light and vitality that's in every created object. Shemeir b'pnimiyuse that shines in its pnimius lachayese to give it vitality. What is that? Or the shemavai, the essence, essential existence of the thing. What is it? Shemavai. But it's being brought down through the prism of Shem Elokim. But Shem Elokim is the Ebrishter. Just like the Mashpia, in order to give over the idea, his Seichel processes the idea so it can be experienced by the intellect of the student, so too Shem Elokim processes infinite existence of Shem Avaya so that you and I can experience existence in finite. But ultimately, what's existence? Infinite. The source of that is even beyond infinite. The ability to do that, the ability to take the infinite and, and, and squish it into finitude is, is Dafka coming from a place that's beyond both. Say, maybe it's not going there. 
Shemavaya is enough for the Rebbe at this point. Again, Kamechen, let's see that again. Kamechen, Aor Vachaya Shebakol Nivra. Shemeir Bepnim Yusei Lachayesei. What is it? Who earned the Shem Havaya? Shanim Shachayidei Shem Elokim. And therefore, Meir Mislavish Bechol Nivra. Elo, Sheyesh Bezeh Gamkein. There is in this experience, Bechinesa Hester. There's a state of concealment. Vohu Masha Ein Hanivra Margish Shuchayas Elokis. What's the Hester? That the Nivra. He isn't sensitive. He doesn't feel that this is godly existence, godly vitality. He might feel that it's his own vitality. I'm Margish m- me. In essence, it's really Elokus, okay? But I'm, I, I'm, the, 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 the Hester here is so powerful that I might be Margish me. Was the Moose Margish himself? But this isn't true Hester. I mean, even though that Hester exists, but it's not absolute. It's not absolute to the extent that you and I can transcend it and we don't have to live in accordance with that concealment. If we don't think about it and if we don't do the hard work necessary to overcome it, so then we just live in the context of that concealment. And we never really get to the panemius of it. We're constantly living on the borders of reality the external state of reality where it just seems like it's all me. But if we can dig into the panemius of it all, we realize that it's all elokos. Which is a completely different existence. It's not true Hester. It's like the student. If the student really wants to understand what the teacher told, what the teacher told him, he better work at it. Well, he better study it and look at it again and learn other things that will augment what he learned from that teacher and blah, 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 blah until finally he understands the panemius of the seichel of the teacher. In emes, what is it? It's elokus. Now look what the Rebbe says. And a person can feel this. When he thinks about it. It's pretty amazing, right? That's why the Rebbe said this mimer, wrote this mimer, that you and I can ultimately experience the elokus of reality and not just the helam vehester of reality. What? But we have to think about it. We have to be misbeinein and really concentrate on it, not just, not use it all as just something that's going to help me be better. It's not about me being better. It's about touching something beyond me. I'll get better that way, but that's not what it's about. It's found that the concealment of Shem Elohim ain't a Hester Amiti. It's not true Hester. It's not true concealment. Just like the concealment in the... in the Well, the rabbi's going to say it in a second, so why should I say it? Because he keeps bouncing back to the Masha, right? So, But I mean... It, 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 it's like the Rebbe is for bringing with us because he keeps going back to the mushroom. Eina Hester Amiti, Ki'im Adarabah, the opposite is true. Mevi umegale saor b'madrega shelamata. How in the world do you and I experience Shem Havaya? We can't experience Shem Havaya itself. 
we experience Shem Havaya through the prism of Shem Elokim, but by virtue of that reality of Shem Havaya expressing itself through Shem Elokim and created reality, ultimately you and I are touching Shem Havaya. That's what we're experiencing. Just happens to be we can only experience it in finitude. Okay, because we're finite. In order for there to be a you and me that can experience that, so there has to that there has to be finite reality because you and me are finite. Aye, but what's the true source of that finitude? Something infinite. <laughs> okay, you, but I want you to experience infinite. How am I going to put you in a finite form? But that finite form, but is really sourced in infinite. And so you'll experience, by experiencing your own reality, you'll experience infinite. Wow. Vahainu. What does that mean? Benivroim Creations that are all about finite reality. She'enam be'erech, that are not commensurate in any way, shape, or form. Ha'or, the shame avaya, the light of shame avaya. Ya'ir behem, it will illuminate in them gamkein or avaya. And it's not, it's not that there we are in existence and this light of avaya is coming into us and shining on us. No, the very fact that we exist is an expression of that shame avaya. Meaning there isn't an us if there's no expression of shame avaya. It's like imagining, imagine the light coming through the prism, but there's only a prism and there's no light. So then what? What's the prism revealing? Nothing. It's a dark room. What do you see on the other side of the prism? Same thing you saw on this side of the prism. Nothing. All right. So, so to speak, Shema Elokim without Shema Vaya. What, what's there? Nothing. Because what's really there? Existence. What's existence? Shema Vaya. What's Shema Elokim? That which allows that existence to express itself in finitude. But the existence itself is Shema Vaya. That's the light. What's the prism? The prism is what allows the light to be revealed in terms of all the different colors in the light. The, the, the what do they call it? The range of colors? Spectrum. spectrum, thank you. The spectrum of color. The whole spectrum of colors is revealed through the prism, which is in the light. It's all in the light. It's just in the light. It's in a state of absolute unity because the light is something that you and I relate to as, so to speak, infinite, united, one. Don't see differentiation in it. Okay. What does the prism allow? The prism allows for that light to be differentiated so you see all the different aspects of the light. Okay, now, the physical light really isn't absolute oneness, right? It's a bunch of waves and particles. Okay, say it. But it doesn't look like that. Stuff right here. What is it? It's just this amorphous stuff. Okay. As soon as it hits a clee, all sorts of different things happen to it. So it comes through a prism and it expresses itself in a certain way. So to reality. Unbelievable. See, the Rebbeim challenge us. They really know there's a God. 
and then they challenge us to live our lives in accordance with that as opposed to basically using God as a prop to make my life more interesting, more deep, more sophisticated, more whatever I want to make my life. God's useful. Every now and then he's a pain in the neck because he makes me fast and he makes me, you know, not shower for nine days. <laughs> okay, we say that, but it's worth it. I'm going to put up with that stuff, the stuff I don't like, because on the whole, like, basically having God in my life is worth it. It makes life more meaningful and deep and sophisticated, and it's amazing and it's cool. Okay. The Rebbeim just aren't there. That doesn't mean that they don't appreciate a lacus. <laughs> they love it. They, but... but they, they, it's so real to them and they're trying to get that into our head and into our hearts they start, it starts with the head if you can get it in your head there's a meaning you can get it in your heart if it's not in your head it's never going to make it to your heart there's nothing to get to your heart so the first thing they do is try to put these incredible ideas about El in our head but to get us to actually understand that there really is an Ebersh it's not just an interesting idea Mm-hmm. That's why it's so interesting Chassidists spend so much time trying to figure out how we exist. God exists, that's obvious. Well, how in the world do we exist? What's that? Right? The philosopher will say, okay, I exist. Does God? You'll have these deep ideas about whether God exists. Right, well, the philosophy, what does the word mean? Right, human intellect, right? human contemplation. Okay. So, I'll start with me. And then I come to contemplate whether there's a God. Okay, so that, I mean, that definitely mirrors our experience. It's not that that's not understandable. Chassidus comes from a whole different place. Taro Bechlal, the Chassidus Befrat, just because Chassidus is the aspect of Torah that discusses these things in the deepest way. And from a non-philosophical point of view. Okay, there's a God. Okay, so then what's creation? What's that? Is it? It is. It's not an illusion. People for whom God is limited must say that creation is an illusion because they can't possibly fathom the fact that if God exists, that something else can also have some level of existence. So they call the world an illusion. But that's because their God is so small. So they can't handle dichotomy in God. Can't handle paradox. What does the Rashbi say? The Rashbam, I'm sorry. The Rashba. I'll get it right. The Rashba. The Rashba is a famous Rishon, Talmud of the Ramban. One of the most well-learned Perushim on the Gemara, the Rashba. Amazing. Extremely conceptual. Once you get there, I think, you know, those of you who have a conceptual bent, you will find it quite incredible. Learning a Rashba is called to this Sugyas. It's like unbelievable. Okay. No, he's not on the page. He's got his own book. Right? So he's not even in the back of the book. He's got his own book. So, so the, the Rajman, Chuvah's the Rajma, the Rajma refers to a Kodesh Baruch as Nimnaha Nimnaot. The paradox of paradoxes. God's just one big paradox. Right. Because he doesn't fit into any of the boxes of our intellect. Because our intellect is a created reality, and, and, and created reality has a very hard time understanding reality beyond it. 
we can understand that reality beyond us exists. That, that human intellect has no problem with. But exactly what it looks like, so we're limited in our ability to describe it because we're not there. We can only describe things we've experienced. So we'll describe it as that which is not what we experience. So we'll call it infinite. What is it? I don't know. I know what it isn't. It's not finite. Okay. So that conjures up all sorts of images for us. Of course, most of the images we turn into some sort of physical image of, you know, the light and just turn God into these pictures of physical stuff. It looks big. No, it's not what he looks like. I mean, we understand what was bothering them, right? We get it. But grow up. It's not, we can't do that. It's not going to happen that way. Oh, yeah, but it's easier. I agree. Definitely easier. Now I don't have to do anything either. I just have to sort of, you know, believe. Okay, good, fine, great. You took all the panemius out of it. Turned it into absolute chisonius, and it's all just about you being saved. Oh, good. That'll sell. Woo-hoo. Big time. That really sold, man. That was, that was like the, the best seller ever. Ever. 100%. Now it's being usurped by, you know, they're just, they stopped making babies, and the Muslims are still making babies, so there's more Muslims than Christians, probably, aren't there? I don't know. They're one and two. They're, you know, battling for control over the world. The Jews are just sitting there quietly, putting on their tefillin, learning a little chassidus, going to mikveh, keeping Shabbos, staying up all night eating cheesecake. And then in the end, we're going to bring Mashiach, and what does the Rambam say? So then all those people who were very, very part and parcel of the whole process of bringing Mashiach, because what are those two... Religions do, the Rambam says. It's censored, but I mean, we have it. It was censored for a long time, obviously, for good reason. It's not in the rabbinic Rambam, but it's in the Rambams that we print today because we, we had it. It just wasn't printed. Right? What, what, what does the Rambam say? What did Christianity and Islam bring to the world? A belief in one God, one creator. Right? There are now billions of people in the world that believe in the one God and one creator. Wow. Good job, guys. Aye, there's all sorts of silliness that you included in there. True. And what will happen when Mashiach comes, the Rambam says? They will all realize the error of their ways and will quickly adjust to the new reality. Because it won't be so crazy. Because they also believe that there's such a thing. It's just when the real one happens, they'll go, oh, that's what's supposed to be? I mean, they were right all along? Okay. Sorry. And then everything will work out. So they're all Canadian? Yeah, they're all Canadian. They're all going to say, I'm sorry. No, but they have what to say sorry for. Because, you know, both of their religions have spent a great deal of time slaughtering us. Because we're very challenging to both of them. I mean, we can't be if they're right. right? They just can't be that there's us. They're the new us. We're sorry. We didn't go anywhere. We're still here. Stop at a period and we'll pick up tomorrow. There's class tomorrow. There's, you know, Seder tomorrow. Right, so what does the, what does the Rebbe say? Every single one of us can, can understand this. 
Right, he'll realize that the Hester of Shem Elokim is not true Hester. Ki Madar Rabbi the opposite, maybe a Megalis or a Madregish Lamat. All it does is bring the light down to a lower level. Hainu, where does it bring the light? Benivroim Balegvul, in in creations that are limited, Sheinim Be'erech Ha'or, that are not commensurate to the light of Shem Avaya, because that's infinite. So there has to be a state of finite. Okay, there has to be a Tachtenim. So the Tachtenim is by definition contrary to the whole notion of Shema Vaya Beseder. No problem. The Ebshta figured it out. Ya'ir bem gamkena or Avaya canal. Let's just see the, the, the Mushal in three lines and then we'll stop and we'll pick up from Vahainu while you're there, Vedasa. We'll pick that up from tomorrow. Vahine, Kameish and Izbar Le'il B'Mushal. We'll go back to the Mushal to make sure that it's clear. The Mashpir Makabal. She Makabal Yuchal Lavei, that the Makabal is able, Lavei, to come. Gamkain also, Le'umik Penimius Va'atzmus Chochmas Arav, to the deepest understanding of the wisdom of the Rav. Even though he didn't get it the first time, but he's able to come to that. Vohu, and that is Mashda Akar Baim Shonim. After forty years, he comes to a full understanding of what his Rav meant. Kemeichen Sotu, back to the Nimshal. Yuvan Banimshal Gamkein. The Beemes Yuch Yochel. Every single one is able. Kol Echad Vechad. Each and every one is able. Lavei to come. Lebechinas Gilui or Penimius Vaatzmius or Einsef the Shema Vaya. Come to a revelation of Shema Vaya. Sheyar Begilui Benafshe. That should be revealed in a revealed way in his soul. Maybe we'll see tomorrow. The Rebbe says that comes through hard work. See that tomorrow. Then the Rebbe's going to explain it all again. How that you know what happens in order for that to happen.